Hi everyone and welcome to Dance Podcast Season 3. I'm your host Jasmine Cook. This is a dance science podcast presenting discussions with global industry leaders aiming to make research and information more accessible and enhance dancer well-being, health and training at all levels of the sector. New episodes every Monday 6am London time. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Dance. Uh, I'm really excited for this one and I'm sure you all will be as well. Um, I'm here today with Niall from the Royal Ballet School who obviously did an episode in season two so definitely go and check that out if you haven't heard it already um, but I'm sure you have because that one did really really well. So I'm really excited to be back in today to pick some more ideas from him um, and learn a little bit more about how SNC works at White Lodge. Hi Niall and welcome back. How are you today? How you doing? Yeah good yeah good. What about yourself? Yeah really good thank you. Um, Just in case people haven't heard your first episode can you just give us a little bit of intro to yourself, what you do, who you are? Yeah so um, I guess I'm like a sports scientist slash strength and conditioning coach um, or dance scientist maybe. It's a bit of a mixture of a lot of things. Um, I've been well I was working mostly in sport uh, prior to the my role now obviously why you're speaking to me is because I'm at the Royal Ballet School so this is my fifth year at the Royal Ballet School um, I primarily work at White Lodge but obviously there's a fair bit of crossover all the way up so White Lodge for people who don't know is students from 11 to 16 um, and I guess my particular interest is um, kind of growth and maturation and also and I guess because of that I've worked in a few other different things so I'm doing a PhD part-time with St Mary's University that looks at maturation and the influence of that on um, elite pre-professional ballet dancers and also um, I'm also working part-time for England football uh, with their age group teams as well um, which obviously is a bit different but uh, but yeah so I guess that's my kind of area of interest. Yeah, amazing, sure. And it is a bit different, but it kind of feeds in a little bit, I guess, which we'll get into a little bit later. So later today, we're going to focus, just so people kind of know what we're talking about today, on the long-term athlete development model, which I've touched on in a few episodes, but haven't really looked at. So we're going to look at how that fits into dance. But first, can you just tell us, so the process of starting SNC at White Lodge. So you kind of established this training system, I think you, like you as a SNC team, established this training system and program over the years. How was that introducing it? So how did you start to introduce it? How has it grown since? Yeah. Um, so Ooh, where to start? Uh, basically, so when I, whenever I came into the school, there was um, already some provision at upper school. Um, and to an extent, there was some here, but I'll explain that a bit more. So effectively, um, Adam, who I know you've had on, uh, Matusi, he was also part-time at the upper school at the time. And um, he'd obviously also been involved with setting up at the company. So I guess upper school wanted to, well, the whole school has, in general wanted to invest a bit more in dancer health. And so they, they had the example of the company, so they kind of incorporated it here as well. Um, so yeah, so that, that had started, I think they'd done about a year or so, um, at, at the upper school already. So there was a little bit of provision in there. Um, and then with White Lodge, I guess I was employed to kind of try and start out of the school. Um, originally that was on two days a week. Um, so there wasn't a lot of time. So some of the sort of systems we've got now were based on having to be flexible, like whenever I started, um, so, so yeah, so there was, there was me, but I was lucky enough when I arrived that um, there was Erin um, Bowerman was there, who is, um, 
it was a Pilates instructor, but her background was actually more in sports science. So she was kind of like half SNC, half Pilates. Um, and so she was already doing some sessions for the students and things like that. So really it was more about, um, I don't know how similar the school is to other dance environments, but it's a very rushed, like a very crammed schedule. Um, and how do you make time to allow to people to get kind of more consistent adaptions? So that's kind of was the first thing was trying to get a model together that was something that we could aim for that could be delivered with various part-time staff but still communicate effectively so we're not all doing the same thing or missing bits um, that could then be yeah, delivered across all the age groups that kind of builds them up and hopefully increases a bit of kind of robustness as they go up um, up through school. So I say now I'm this is my fifth year um i'm full-time i've been full-time for a couple of years now um and yeah so that it has been much more integrated into the school i would think that the students would consider it as part of their training um i'd say it is a relatively normal thing um different year groups have different sessions like we can go into more details around that um if necessary but like most of them will have a an idea of how to do it um yeah, of how to do SNC, and I would say it's kind of much more of a part of the school than when I started. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've got about the houses a bit there, but I don't no, know if that's that answers your question. Great. No, that's great. I was going to ask, so where did you start? So the upper school had a programme already. Did you start with year seven and then pull it up through them? Or did you kind of start with a programme every year? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, so there were certain things that were already built into the timetable, like there was a kind of upper body session for the boys year 10 and 11 obviously to prepare them for part of the so there are things like that that I could just like first week start doing stuff um but it, I quickly realized that that wouldn't really be uh enough really I mean because you you have these kind of quite old weights and we had a we were all doing it in the studio um and particularly if you're going to have not many sessions you need to you need to hit a certain volume or a certain intensity to get the adaptions that you want so it's just very difficult in that sort of environment to progress them and to hit the right intensity and do it safely and all the rest of it so there was certain things like that that were already in place um how it kind of worked at the time was generally Erin or potentially one of the videos um would take students out of class um and then they would normally see them for a few weeks to work on a specific thing. So say if it was like turnout, they would do turnout exercises for a time period, or they would just set and turn out exercises that the students would try and find time to do themselves. Um, but again, I think that would probably be a theme of what I talk about is that you need to hit a certain intensity. And really, if you want to do that properly, you need supervision and you need to be pushed, I guess, particularly if you're not going to do it very much. Um, and the problem with, like the students are amazing in terms of their dedication like a lot of them would do it but obviously if you leave them to do it yourselves you're you know their technique could go all over the place if they're rushed they won't do it you know you need to build the time in to have it actually integrated into the system so that was basically I started with the sessions that there were already and then we effectively as a healthcare team not just with myself um thought of a program across all the year groups that we wanted to try and deliver um and how to fit it into the timetable and then i ended up i presented that to the healthcare team and then to the artistic team well to the artistic kind of um director of the school and then to the artistic team of 
kind of this is the way we're going with it, which was simply it was to have a session every week of either Pilates or SNC that was individual for every student. So um, yeah, so effectively at the time, uh, it's changed a tiny bit now, but at the time I was very, like, I was very conscious of taking people out of class um, was basically the only time to do it because their academic schedule is also quite demanding. So effectively they have dance for four hours and academics for four hours and then breaks and stuff like that. There's no actual time to, to deliver outside of that. So effectively the only way to do it was to take people out of ballet class. The way that was done to try and make it like not impact the class as much as possible was that um, effectively, say if you have the tens and elevens do their classes at the same time and there's four classes because there's girls and boys across those two year groups. So what we did originally is within our sort of Pilates studio and sort of gym area, we could probably fit about eight people so we would pick um yeah two people from each one or two or three people from each class so that the class itself is not massively affected but that then there's enough people in the session so that then you can kind of do individual sessions for everyone does that make sense so um yeah so we we would kind of take them all out and then they'd all have their own programs um so that was the kind of first way it was integrated and that would either be me or um, I think there's a brief period with Erin running it and now the Pilates instructor who's here now, uh, Mark Ellers, then she would, she would run those as well. Um, and we used to, it was, to be honest, the most complicated thing about it was probably the timetabling because there would always be something where like someone can't miss this rehearsal or someone can't do this or this guest person here or they're watching this class or so it was just trying to coordinate all of those different things. Um, and so, yeah, that was, and also every week I would change what time it was. So they would have always missed the same bit of class. Um, luckily it's a bit more steady now. So <laughs> we've lost a bit of that, but that was effectively right at the beginning. I just had to be as flexible as I possibly could, but it comes back to your principles, which are you have to train at a certain volume and intensity to get a response, particularly if there isn't, overall much volume like if you're going to do one session a week then it has to be a pretty good session to get something back off it and secondly um you need consistency to develop so without consistency there's it's pointless you know like anyone who has done a new year's resolution and gone to the gym for three or four weeks <laughs> and then they're like oh i'm feeling pretty good and then dropped off it will know that like it's actually about what you do over quite a long period of time that sees the results so um yeah so that was the way it was kind of first introduced i guess but the idea of having a rather than just focusing on one year group the idea of having a long-term model that was built towards being a professional dancer was always factored in right from the start yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love, 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 love what you said about how they just consider it as part of their training now. So when they come in, they just have SNC and that's just part of their of their schedule now. I think that's like... Yeah, I think it has developed a lot. Like um, yeah. it's been really helpful because now, for example, obviously I started five years ago, the year 11 has now started at the same time as me. Yeah. So when the, the younger kids come in, they see the older years doing it. And obviously every year they get a bit better and they get a bit more confident. And it's not like when I started, it was quite a weird thing to do. And people are much more skeptical, whereas even now, you know, not just because like of my role in the school, but because of it's much more visible. It's all over social media. There's other practitioners out there and stuff like that. 
I just feel like it's much more normal now and the younger students have almost like role models and so they want to push themselves up to be as good as the year 11s or whatever it is you know. Yeah I think that's such a positive shift so looking at that now how does the program now work from year seven upwards so what's kind of the progression through the years how do you track that progression what are they aiming to improve upon each year so does it increase in like volume or is it just in intensity or yeah um i probably go quite full on with this so you can edit out any bits that aren't as useful um effectively the idea of our model for healthcare is like an abc model so a the a is availability so that is the most well probably the biggest like point of SNC is probably the be- most beneficial thing of SNC, um, and it's potentially one of our bigger out- outcomes um, because obviously, if we get more dancers in class more often, doing class less restricted, and they're going to get more and more teaching, and hopefully that they'll become better as a byproduct of that anyway. Okay, and they'll hopefully then be able to achieve whatever their aims are, whether it's you know the Royal Opera House or another company or contemporary dance or whatever it is so that's the kind of the bottom line is to try and reduce injuries so that's one of our kind of outcomes if you like the second one is um b which is better which is trying to make the dancers better obviously um to do that we like there was a lot of like consultation but effectively it's focused over certain things um so they are uh turnout um I'm trying to which order to do this jumping and landing um uh, there's obviously upper body for the boys for part of the there's kind of basic trunk and posture and then there's like point um and footwork uh i'm trying to think if i missed anything i don't think i think that's everything oh no the other one leg lifts okay so leg lifts is a very vague term but like anything so like an arabesque we would count under the same thing okay so they're they're like better outcomes with that's a lot more complicated in terms of improving it um and part of what the kind of stage we're at now is really like getting into some of those things and trying to investigate you know what underpins that well how do we do how do you do a turnout program for one person that's effective and you know how do you modify that for the next person because obviously each dance is different in that case um so yeah so that, that's our kind of main outcomes um from really from snc perspective the c is coping so that is more from a mental health perspective so that the objectives of um yeah of us like our clinical psychologists and our counselors um and to an extent the nurses so everyone kind of feeds into all of it everyone knows everyone else's objectives but um obviously from an SSC perspective i'm primarily focused on the more physical things like physical development is my thing okay so the one is i guess developing robustness and secondly is can we make them a bit better so, yeah, so that's kind of that. Then when you start at, uh, if, so if you start at year seven, um, the way we do that is um, primarily through games. Um, so I know you had um, Rob on from Priya Ballet who talks a bit about that. Um, obviously, there's loads of stuff out there in kind of youth SNC um, community about different ideas, but um, we also... Actually, I'll get onto that bit later. But say, for example, we're trying to improve jumping and landing. We might do something like um, with the year sevens, which is it's one of our objectives, but it's also a massive one for the teachers, like alignment on landing and things like that. Um, so we might do something like a kind of what's the time, Mr. Wolf? So they'd be at the back of the they'd be in the back of the room, 
and you would say like two say and then they have two jumps and if they lose their alignment or they lose their balance or, or something like that then you send them to the back and they have to try and get to a certain point so the idea is that you're, you're almost like constraining the drill that it pushes intensity which is what we want because obviously they're trying to jump as far as they can but also they keep the quality because otherwise they fail so it's a kind of game um, which was really important so from the year sevens and to an extent the year eights it's really important that they enjoy it um because we want like i was very conscious of that when i came in that you know i, I wasn't that experienced in ballet at all but if you watch a ballet class it's incredibly disciplined and very serious and you know what i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty everything's business um so if you start with the years um sevens what i wanted was that snc was a bit more their physical development was a bit more of a like relaxing environment because i think like i mean this is anecdotal really but my experience is that things that you kind of enjoy when you're a child you keep that feeling even if it gets more serious to an extent when you get older so i wanted at least from that perspective it to be a bit more of a mental release um because you know it's it's a hugely high pressure environment here as you can imagine i mean the kids are you know it's it's they're, they're good kids and they're enjoying themselves sort of thing but it's very very competitive it's you have to be on it kind of every class so you want to give them ways to escape that as well so yeah so primarily that was it's done through games basically when you're in year seven um and then as you progress up um up the school it becomes a little bit more formalized so um yeah and that's kind of changed a little bit throughout the years so we probably spend more time on like body weight exercises and things like that with year eights um and we used to spend a lot more with year nines but to be honest, because they're doing so well now with year eights, we're starting moving them straight into like um, squats and things like, you know, back squats, um, even now as year eights. Um, and then, yeah, but then that just progresses. So there's the kind of two things. One is they have to like, um, they have to basically understand the technique. So and you want to develop technique. So uh, an example might be, you might start with, say if you've got a deadlift, um, you might start with like a pull through or something like that, if people know what it is or they can look it up. It's basically like, oh, where the year sevens, we start with literally a hinge. So you just hinge forward to come back up. Then you go like year eights, you do a pull through where you've got like a band and you have to try and pull through. Year nines, you might start bringing in like a rack pull, which is like a deadlift, but obviously not as far down. Um, and then, year nine you're like year nine slash ten you start bringing in like full-on deadlifts um and so you kind of progress it up that way but at the same time there is a need to prepare them for now i mean the school's a little bit different now that there's less periods but it used to be before that potentially every year you could be assessed out so it's no good saying oh, i've spent all this time and look at their perfect technique if they need to get strong and robust enough to deal with that year and hopefully pass those assessments so you still need to have a like what they're doing now is hard enough for them whilst building in those like layers of technique i guess um and yet yeah, and to do that there's kind of different methods to do that so that's run throughout the school um as they get towards year i mean there's loads of different things as well from a pilates perspective as well but i'll probably leave that because it's not as much my area um but like and then as they get up to year 10 and 11 they still have those group classes um, but there's much more, there's a little bit more like autonomy generally about, and a bit more education around what they, yeah, what they need to do. Um, and 
kind of so for an example might be obviously once they go into year 11 they start doing quite serious auditions and things like that we would do we've done ones that are kind of educating them around mobility around certain joints say talks and then we progress that to okay so if you're doing a warm-up what do you need in a warm-up and when would you need to warm up and they're allowed to like ask different questions and then we've like built them i guess like audition warm-ups so if you needed to lift your legs higher for example how would you build a warm-up around that um that then so then you go into the audition and you're straight away ready on the bar um so so there's kind of like education things a little bit more as they get older to try and like help them because obviously once the kids leave the school they wouldn't necessarily go into a formalized snc program so you've got to have them understand the kind of pros and cons and what they're trying to work on um so yeah they get a bit more of that um and effectively they get an, like the girls get a foot and ankle extra session which they all do a week the boys do an upper body every week um they all get a recovery and then we do like a eccentric or isometric thing on a friday um yeah depending on the week um but still through, and then their individual programs they're well effectively what we what we'll do with those is if i uh, if, if, for example, that deadlift example I gave you earlier. So we have everything built into SmarterBase. So we use SmarterBase like an online database. So when you enter an exercise, um, it will come up with like a deadlift level one, say. So like a pull through might be like a deadlift level one. Um, their level two might be a rack pull and, and a proper deadlift would be a level three. So that's all built in to the system. So that's like formalized. So for every... So we have within that, all of those are categorized again. So we'd have like force development exercises, which are those type of things like deadlifts, squats, et cetera. We'll have um, isolated development exercises, which are more things like ankle specific work. So like calf rises or calf mobility would all be under, there's like level one, two and three for that as well. And then we would have more um, foot exercises. And then we'd have, um, fundamental movement skills which are just kind of there obviously that's something that people generally talk about in a sporting context but they're still relatively ballet specific and that we use jumping and landing trunk and posture that i mentioned before and um the other one's balance so and again they are categorized level one two and three so you're always trying to kind of move through the levels but make sure that the levels are like hard enough for what they're doing now um so yeah, so that's kind of how we'd we're like progressing that. That will all be captured by SmarterBase, and you'll be able to kind of review. So every dancer needs to have, like everyone in the year group needs to have done, say, all their level ones of whatever it is by the end of year eight. But some of them might need more work on something. So some of them might need more turnout work. So they're, I guess, the percentage of distribution of that they've spent of time on different things would be different depending on what they need for that time. That's great because I think even though it, it's in depth, I like, I'm still following and I love to hear about it. And I think that um, it shows how important it is as well. Like I think the fact that it's so like the smarter base that you use and everything like that, I think it really shows that it's such like a key factor in their training and it's something that's worth worth tracking. And I hope it shows the importance to people who are listening. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I guess the, I know you asked about intensity and volume, yeah. like the volume by itself will go up because they're doing more when they get to year 10 and 11. And also 
volume will also go up as a, as a consequence of the intensity going up. So like if they're lifting heavier weights, the volume will increase. Um, but generally speaking, we always want a relatively high intensity and a relatively low volume, I guess. Um, so that is relatively, that's pretty consistent all the way through. Um, obviously when people are less trained, you need to maybe go for a bit more volume because they aren't trained enough to lift, you know, whatever it is over their body weight on squats, you know, you just can't do it. So you need to, there's a more of a technique element and you need to maybe introduce a bit more volume to, um, yeah, sort of, it's almost like a teaching tool as well. And then the more trained they get, then they would go up to more like, you know, four sets of three or whatever it is um, on like heavy stuff. But that's generally the approach you'd take. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So looking at that then, obviously building it up from the foundations and then building on that through the years. So if you're looking at, so your training dancers, they go from year seven all the way up and at the kind of base of that at year seven, they've got quite a lot of general conditioning. And then you've obviously got the pressure that they're in it for ballet. So it needs to be somewhat training so that they improve in ballet. So specificity is a factor there. Can you tell us about that within the school? Yeah, so um i think specificity is one of those things that is often misinterpreted uh well i you know it depends who you're speaking to i suppose but um i think it's in misinterpreted within a dance context that i've experienced so um yeah so i mean one of the things to say is that the the specificity like you would want more general training generally at a younger age so that is all of their training so um that wouldn't be just that wouldn't be just s and c like if they if you want them to be more rounded then they maybe need to do more activities than just dancing obviously somewhere here that is more difficult um because they're at a, obviously they're, they're at quite a high level and they need to get a technical competency to progress through the school um so there's kind of pressure straight away basically even when you're year seven um in terms of like specificity for dance, I guess it's probably helpful to go through specificity itself. So, um, so one of the things is, I guess you've got like a, you've got, um, I guess like capacity to an extent versus specificity. So it's important to know you're not always gonna, you're not always trying to get specificity per se, because there's more general like tissue adaptions that you wanna get there's almost like capacity training for capacity and training like in a very specific way um from my perspective there's like general tissue adaptions that you want to get that require a level of of generality to get those adaptions um if and like the specific stuff happens in class every day so you're never going to get something that's purely Dance specific, as dance specific as the dance itself so if you've got one session but you are not going to get stuff within dance that's going to push those capacities that you need that would underpin dance and particularly underpin robustness so an example obviously all tissues are going through a kind of regeneration process and you want to for example a heavy load training might increase the response of bone for example to regenerate um, to increase bone density for example, which then might limit some of the injuries you might get. 
I guess that's the theory behind it. And to do that, then you have to have a capacity. You have to be training a certain capacity, which obviously isn't possible if you're doing, I don't know, very specific balletic moves. In terms of like specificity itself, um, so I just, yeah, I generally say I'm more worried about capacity, which is, there has to be an element of specificity, but it's not completely specific okay so in terms of like specificity itself because this is one when we get our students in from because we have placement students from trinity lab and generally or st mary's um they like they don't get well they don't generally understand this so um so one of the things that was on my like was taught on my masters quite heavily um particularly by daniel cleaver who ran the masters when i was doing it um and if you want to look it up you can he has some good resources either on twitter or his book um is dynamic correspondence so dynamic correspondence is a, a principle that is from mel sif and verkusatsky and supertronian um effectively it gives you different uh factors to judge specificity against something uh, and I'll try and pull this back to ballet once I've gone, because this is very theoretical. Okay, so one of them is the amplitude and the direction of movement. That's generally um, the one people focus on a lot. Like, does it look similar? Um, even though that's not always um, what makes it more specific. So um, one example might be a plie and a squat, the amplitude and the direction are relatively similar. Okay, um, cool. The region of the next one is the region of accentuated force production. So that is where is the force production demands within that exercise? So um, an example from that might be, say, if you're throwing someone versus bench press. So if I, you're throwing someone, throwing something. So if you, so I throw something, um, I keep accelerating until I've let the object go. Whereas if I do a bench press, there is a there's a difficult the most difficult portion is towards the bottom. Okay, so there's a region of where the force production is greatest that is also specific to a certain skill. Okay, um, and obviously within that, you know, you have to be focused on the other things. Like it has to be the same muscle group. Okay, um, so the dynamics of the s the effort. Okay, so that is what I was talking about in terms of intensity. So are the dynamics of the effort uh, in the exercise you've got greater than that are required in the skill that you're doing? Okay, so if I need to, um, yeah, again, like obviously a squat is a good example. If I put weight on a squat, the effort is more than if I just did a plie without weight. Do you see what I mean? For whatever I'm trying to work on. Um, of the next one, rate and time of the force production available. Um, so again, you know, people say like, I don't know, a jump versus a squat, they're obviously different um, time and rate. Um, there might also be more of an element of like the stretch shortening cycle or something like that, um, which comes on to the second one, which is the regime of muscular work. So that is like, how is that, how does that process start and end, I guess? So an example, yeah, it might be like a, a jump where if I just jump from from nothing or if I'm like rebounding into a jump the dynamic effort is different and, and then also a lot of the other things like the rate and time available to produce the force is different etc cetera, etc cetera. 
gate um, so they're following along with that so nothing will have completely everything perfect unless you're doing the skill itself so nothing will be truly specific apart from the skill itself so what you really need to then work out is where is the person deficient in in the skill and then how do i overload that bit of it in the most specific way so an example might be um say it's a certain allegro type activity and the rebound portion of it let's just say the kind of faster steps are where they're struggling right in in that case i need to do something that overloads maybe the stretch shortening cycle to deliver their ability to then move faster through those steps to then jump higher or whatever it is or turn faster okay but i don't need to do that turn with a weight on or do that turn on it do you know what i mean because actually i need to still get the intensity that i need to improve that capacity which will then is like a part of the skill so I, it's like a i don't know it's like you're like the way I've, I've phrased it to the teachers is like imagine that your dancer is kind of like house if you like we're trying to give you the the products to build the house so we're, we're trying to get good quality things that then you can train people with rather than trying to do the house as well you know because there's no point me trying to get sit there and go all right this is how you do a plie when i've got all these really experienced ballet teachers who can do that in no time you know it, what i need to do is improve their capacity so that doing so that learning it is easier and they're not limited by that they can just take on the information um and on top of that i also need to stress the tissues enough to get build robustness what was that called again that whole model i've never heard that explain like that uh, dynamic correspondence right that makes a lot of sense because all i've ever really seen from specificity and i think it's quite a shallow understanding that i have at the moment is that basically you can't just do the same step over and over and expect it to improve but i think the way you've broken it like the way you've broken it down the model breaks it down into all those different sections that makes a lot of sense that yeah in the house that really really makes sense that's great yeah you don't have to go like how the hell do i make this ballet specific with if people don't have any training experience they're going to get quite a lot of improvements from just generally increasing their strength you right. know so you don't it doesn't have to be that specific to begin with uh, and that's probably where that's probably what you see across the across the school is that maybe there's a little bit more of a specificity around a certain dancer in terms of like maybe they need more mobility in this position so they do more exercises on that specific thing as they get older whereas generally when they're younger they just need they just need just increase in general capacity kind of all over um, i suppose yeah i think increasing capacity oh it just that makes a lot of sense to me i love yeah i love that i'm gonna go and look that up afterwards okay. really yeah, it's, it's definitely worth going looking it up after my explanation <laughs> no not at all not at all <laughs> um yeah so the kind of like last like main area to look at today is something that i don't know there's a whole podcast on this so obviously we won't cover it in one episode like i'm pretty sure someone has a podcast for this but long-term athlete development models so there's so many factors in this and so many different kind of areas, but what are the key parts of it to consider in dance, in training dancers? Uh, yeah, so I guess in terms of how our model, obviously I spoke about it a fair bit earlier. It's just trying to um, make sure that they're kind of consistently moving towards something. So, I mean, that is basically periodization generally is just planning. Okay, so it's, for example, I will do very easy squat type exercises and the warm-ups the year sevens and stuff which are a bit more technique focused they'll then do 
in year eight, when they start doing their individual sessions, they might do a bit more, like they will do overhead squats with like, they kind of use like plastic weights, but they can get up to quite heavy. So they could go up to 20 kilograms, say. Um, and then when they progress from that, then we start going on to using an actual bar. But again, it's very technique focused. So one of the things I would do is get them to pause for two or three seconds at the bottom and then come back up just to like hammer home the position they need to be in to keep your stability at the bottom and to get far enough down. And then gear nine, you can start loading it then. So it's, it's more like you're effectively building over the years an idea so that then for when they need to stress it, they stress it. But having said that, obviously that was quite technique focused. So that would be something we would do for a squat. They still need to get stronger and not just from what their normal maturation is. We need to push their strength and test their strength anyway, in every session anyway. So like the year eights wouldn't just do that, even though they are allowed to progress that up to a bit heavier, they'd also do like single leg squats, for example, um, which is kind of like, I always use that a bit of a base anyway, of like, if you can do a, like a kind of single leg pistol squatty type thing down to a small box and come back up, like that's just, everyone has to go through that and try and keep their alignment. Um, which is just something that just demands a certain level of capacity to be able to do it well. So um, it's not that this session is completely light session. It's not. So there's the technique element to try and build it up the school, but also all the time you have to be progressing that person um, to try and, yeah, obviously get to their potential. So I, I, I'm not sure that's necessarily explained long-term athlete development, or we would call it obviously long-term dancer development, um, but it's effectively making sure that they're, there's a plan in the long term, but that they still are able to do what they need to do in the short term um, and progress that all the way up to school. And now we've got, have had a bit more time. We've had more years. We also have kind of like measures that we look for um, in terms of, we obviously do profiling and stuff like that. So we would have like jump high and kind of idea of where we need, where we want the dancers to be at a certain stage. Uh, and not just, that's not just taken um, in consideration of, um, the year that they're in but also their maturation status which obviously we have as well so you kind of know you know this person is their biological age might be 13 but they're actually 40 and someone else in the same year might be biological age of 60 but actually 14 well they actually need to be still pushed even though they're an earlier developer and vice versa do you see what i mean so it's just so you kind of understand where people are at where they need to progress to yeah, and yeah i guess it's, it's really just having a plan yeah, you spoke a bit about biological age in the other podcast, I think, if people want to go and yeah. listen to that. But I was going to just pick out, so you said, um, obviously, yeah, the biggest thing which you've said is that there is, like, long-term development that they're working towards, but you have got those goals, like, every year with their assessments and things, that it yeah. has to kind of be short-term as well. And that's a really tricky balance to get, I guess, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, it is. That is the tricky thing to guess. And I think that's one of the things I see a lot of... Um, well, like I see a lot of where people have like populations that aren't very experienced, say, that they'll be like, right, well, we'll just work on all the technique and, you know, we're just doing technique. Yeah, technique underpins everything. And I agree that that is true to an extent, but you also, I, don't, I think like this is just completely my personal philosophy. They also need to be pushed in terms of what they can do in every session you want to improve them at that period of time, not just wait so that I can train them really well when they're 60. Do you know what I mean? Um, particularly within dance where 
you know, the, the levels of training you get to are very high from when you're very young. Yeah. yeah that makes sense and I guess yeah that is your personal view but it's also kind of put on it in dance if you're in a school when you have got to meet those those goals at the end of each year I was gonna the last thing I was gonna ask was a bit of insight into how that kind of factor plays and plays out at Royal but I think you've kind of kind of answered it yeah that's great so the last thing to kind of ask would be this has obviously been going for a little while now at Royal you've been there for five years how do you kind of know that the kids are improving so how do you track their improvement how can you prove I guess in the research that what you're doing in practice is is making a difference and this is the way to do it yeah so it's pretty um difficult to like conclusively prove anything um <laughs> but what we what we measure are those things around um the kind of a's and b's i guess so availability which is um effectively we look at the, at the time the days affected from dance so and we can monitor that every term and every year so um and we have seen that go down like quite a lot in the last five years, which is obviously beneficial. Um, within that, there's more specific things that we look at. But like, for example, I talked a lot about the last podcast about hospital letters. So you might look at how specifically that has been managed because that's a specific problem. Um, in terms of better, although it plays into availability a little bit, um, we will look at jump height. So we measure that on force plates. Um, as just a broad measure of how high they're jumping. And also we do, um, well, various screening tests. So one is we do single leg isometric calf, uh, like plantar flexion um, or calf strength. And then we'll do a single leg isometric squat um, with most years groups. Um, with all of those measures, we'll look at like smallest worthwhile change and then like look at that across time to see if we're going above it. Um, uh, and then we'll also, there's also kind of more specific projects, like for example, um, Charlotte Williamson, who's the physio, is doing a project on turnout for her masters, uh, which is just looking at like how you measure turnout and then what changes, what doesn't change. Um, so for those ones that are a little bit more ballet specific and then maybe isn't as much research out there, we're just trying to investigate like how to do that. Um, then within that, we'll have review we are kind of, like I said, split up into like physical health, um, mental health and physical development. So then within each team, you'll have kind of almost like a termly review and then that comes together for um, at the end of term where you go through, okay, well, we're doing this, like what do we need to do as a group to make this better or make it more efficient or what went well, what do we need to keep or stuff like that. So we'll go through stuff like that. Um, within that, from a physical development perspective, we would also look at... Um, like the categories that I talked to you about before. So you can look at like how much delivery we've had. Um, and one of the things that I kind of didn't mention is those categories, even though I explained it with a SNC lens, uh, Pilates is built into it as well. So if I maybe do like a jumping and landing exercise, I might have a jumping and landing exercise um, from SNC might be say a box jump. Whereas from Pilates, it might be something on the reformer. Um, and then when you know the more you weight it on the reformer it becomes higher intensity or single leg do you see what I mean it moves up the categories so we can see overall what we've done but it's not that we're we don't necessarily repeat each other's work if that makes sense um, just so that we can have a consistent theme for what we're trying to improve across both Pilates and S&C which is what we would call physical development here um, so yeah I think that's basically how what we review and um yeah, and we have seen changes above 
smallness welfare change all the way across the school and um, we've also seen changes in injuries um, so yeah so that's that's kind of the main way we look at it um, but you know always trying to get better yeah definitely there just one more thing that I just thought of then so you've talked a lot obviously you focus on physical development and they're the things that you track so when you're talking about your ABC the coping sort of aspect is one that you look at less but I was just going to ask since you've introduced kind of S&C have you noticed any in, like impact on their mental health as well as like as a result of the S&C does that make sense if they can feel themselves getting stronger and they're working on it in that way do you think that that translates across to say confidence or like mental well-being as well do you think there's like a link between the two um yeah it's difficult for me to say so like they do you know they do measure they do have also outcomes from a mental health perspective I just like I don't want to go into it because I don't know it as well um so but like I do think there is I mean obviously I try to make it there and because you'll try and be like I say I'll try and make it relatively fun and I hope that they like I'm engaged with the students and trying to trying to make them push themselves and whenever they do the well I'm obviously very enthusiastic um I always think well you know it's one of these things that people say isn't it that if they see you once a week they only see that once a week you need to always be on it every time you see them you want to always bring the enthusiasm to them because if I've done six you know six hours of academics and dancing that day and I turn up to SNC at five o'clock you need you need to have a bit of energy to get them going um so obviously you try and make it from from that perspective and I think because of that you get into maybe a relatively good relationship with the students which is good and it just like generally it her helps to that healthcare's place within the school is quite um it's obviously there is also a pastoral element to the school but it's still quite kind of nurturing I feel like the students can use it a little bit more um not just in the the actual mental health services but like generally speaking um the other thing and I, I guess the teachers have told me about this as well um is that they is that I think it makes you more confident like if you can I don't know squat over your own body weight or jump into a certain height or anything like that um you know that there is some confidence in that which hopefully would translate to dance where they feel like they can they can maybe take on a more advanced step or, or whatever it is because they've got the they know that they've got the physical competency to do it and um like I've had some good feedback on that from balletic staff as well um so that's that's quite nice um yeah so I think that side of things does help um yeah hopefully hopefully it does help but you know I don't have anything uh, concrete to say that it definitely does no yeah that's what I was like kind of hoping you'd say I guess not with the leading questions or anything but yeah. the, uh, development in like physical development would kind of translate to confidence which is really great to hear is there anything else yeah. you want to mention or discuss today now um I would just say with the like yeah like as you were just saying about the physical health and confidence I guess it's also important that it's um the nature of dance is that there is a lot of uh, body confidence issues are a thing you know you don't want to hide away from that is a thing within dance generally um, and so in some ways being physically strong and stuff gives is quite nice from that perspective and like encouraging what people can do with their with their body kind of the amazing talent they have you know it gives you a good platform to to help with that i would i would say um which is um i think is is beneficial from that perspective as well um yeah, it's it's just yeah i think it's more in line with kind of the wider society i would guess 
yeah definitely and it's like a really positive focus I guess because that's probably what like dance should be like it's a, like a positive focus on what your body can do as opposed to thinking but yeah I definitely yeah. agree with that I think that's a really really nice note to end on thank you so much for your time again today Niall as always like, I really appreciate it and I'm really grateful okay. yeah no worries thank you all good cheers see you later bye see you later bye Thanks so much for listening. Tune in again next Monday. And in the meantime, follow at Side Dance Podcast on Instagram. It would also be so appreciated if you have a moment, if you could please rate and review on Apple to help the podcast grow. Bye.